Amen. John chapter 16. I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit tonight. Can't talk too much about him. And he is a him. He is a person. He is a, he is a being. Amen. He's God in the spirit. And I want to talk about him a little tonight. And I had a thought that, you know, we don't give, and I guess this would be the title. We don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit or attention. So if you're taking notes, that'd be what you could write down. That's what I'm calling it. We don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit and we don't give the Holy Spirit enough attention. You know, we get, we get stuck sometimes thinking obviously about God the Father, the omnipotent God the Father. And we obviously and very correctly are always talking about Jesus, our Savior. But many times we forget to really remember the Holy Spirit is what we have with us right now. And really, you know, we're closer to the Holy Spirit than we are to any to either God the Father or God the Son because we've never uh, seen God the Father. We've never touched God the Son, Jesus. But we have felt His Holy Spirit. Amen? How many have felt His Holy Spirit in your lives? And you know He's real tonight. Amen? I was talking to... Amen. Praise God. He's here tonight. He's here with us right now. I was talking to Pastor Dylan. I said the thing I learn over and over more and more about God as I, as I grow older in the Lord is how real his spirit is. And the more I learn to depend on his Holy Spirit and the power of his Holy Spirit, the more I see God do in my life. And the more I realize it's not my words, it's not what I can do, it's what he does in us. Amen. So we don't give him enough credit. And we don't give him enough attention. John chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus said these words. I'm going to show you just a few different places in the scripture tonight. And hopefully by the time we get done, you'll feel closer to the Holy Spirit. And you'll give him more attention. And you'll give him more credit. But now I go away, Jesus says, to him. And I want you to notice in your Bibles that him is capitalized. H. He's a God. I go away to him. He's talking about God the Father. Now, this is an awesome place right here for you to really get some understanding that we believe in a trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? And uh, we see this very clearly here as he says, Jesus speaking, I go away to him, being God the Father, who sent me, and it's, you see that me is capitalized, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart we need to understand if if jesus would have just left two thousand years ago and gone to heaven we would be sorrowful we would just be waiting and waiting and waiting to see jesus that we've never seen and we're just waiting for nothing but thank god it didn't end there it didn't end with jesus going away he says you 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 have sorrow in your heart he says nevertheless watch this verse seven i tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away. Isn't that awesome? He says, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And notice their helper, H, capital H, Holy Spirit. So Jesus is talking. He says in the first few verses there, I go away to him who's God the Father. And now he says, I'm go if I don't go away, the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him, capital H, to you. Father, we ask you to anoint your word tonight. Lord, this is a Wednesday night and we need your power. 
We need your filling up tonight. We need a recharge. And Holy Spirit, we, we want to know you greater. We want to know you more. We want to be more intimate with you tonight. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we go through this service, as we go through your word, that you will reveal yourself to us in a greater way than you ever have before. And Lord, we'll know your peace, your love, and your joy like we've never known you before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So he says, if I depart, verse 7, I will send him to you. And then it says, and when he has come. And we know when he came. Amen. He came on the day of Pentecost. It says, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged isn't that powerful right there can I read those three things again we're seeing some amazing verses here we're seeing Jesus break it down really powerful right here he says, when that spirit of God comes, when, I, when my spirit comes to the earth, I'm, he's going to convict the world of sin. So as we're beginning to read and continue to read tonight, I want you to think of the Holy Spirit not being something that's way over there, but being God right here. Right here. Emmanuel, God with us. How many know that's why I said it? We don't give him enough credit and we don't... Um, give him enough attention because we think sometimes that he's just so far away but he's right here he's with us all the time and i'll get to in a moment here where where, where there's only only the time the only time he's not with us i'll get to that in a minute but he's with us all the time and so we have to depend on his holy spirit to be with us and not only depend we have to believe I had some conversations, I think I might have mentioned this Sunday morning, I don't know if I did or not, but I'll mention it again, I was sitting with Pastor Marshall and Pastor Bland, I think, I was two pastors, and Pastor Marshall mentioned it takes faith, how much faith it takes to believe, or to die, how much faith it takes to die, because you have to believe when you die that God's word is true and you're going to go into eternity and you're going to go where he says, you know, we have to have faith tonight to believe that his Holy Spirit is here. That he's with us right now. That he's not some being, and this is, this is what I want you to get tonight. I want you to learn tonight that he is not so far away. He's right here. We, if we don't give him enough credit, it's because we don't really believe who he is. If we don't give him enough attention, it's because we think he's somewhere else. But the Bible says he's omnipresent. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And he's working in us. And the Bible says that he will bring conviction to the, to, the, to the world of their sin. But I want you to understand something. One of the things that God uses, the thing God uses to bring conviction to the world through sin is us. Because where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us. And so when we're really walking the walk that God has called us to walk, we are convicting people of their sin. Because the Holy Spirit is so strong in us that they get around us. If you've ever been around somebody like that, maybe it's a family member or a friend, and they, and they tell you, you know, I can't hang out with you anymore. You're not as fun as you used to be. You know what? It's probably not that. That's probably not the truth. They get convicted around you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you 
So stay with me. Verse 8, he says, when he's come, he'll convict the world of their sin and of righteousness of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world, that Satan, is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, again, capital H, the Spirit, capital S, of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I guarantee you, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but there's not one person in this place tonight that would not raise their hand and say, I, I don't need more of the Holy Spirit. Or I hear too much from the Holy Spirit. Or I've never ignored the Holy Spirit. Or I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and think, I don't know what that is. Or I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and then doubt later if it was or wasn't. Or I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me to do something and I shouldn't have doubted it was Him. And later I knew it was Him, but I didn't listen. Let me give you something just for a second to think about tonight. When you are walking as God wants you to walk in the spirit, the Bible says walk in the spirit, walk meaning live in the spirit. So what? So you will not what? Come on, help me church. Y'all know the Bible. Walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So when we are walking like God wants us to walk, there is a Holy Spirit in us, a power in us that is around us and causes us to hear God's voice when he speaks. And if I'm walking in the Spirit and I hear something tell me to do something and I'm walking in the Spirit, it's God. Y'all with me? We... we was that, that, was that my flesh? Was that, was that some other voice? Was, no, if you're walking in the Spirit and you hear the voice, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're not walking in the Spirit and you're walking in the flesh, then you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh and it's going to be the flesh. But when you're walking in the Spirit and you hear that voice, you say, I need to listen to that. I need to obey that. Because how many times have we looked back and said, I knew that was the Holy Spirit. I knew I should have listened. I knew he was trying to tell me something. But that's where we come into the faith and the dependence to understand the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. Did you guys see what he just said in that verse? He said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For what he will, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and what he will tell you, he will tell you of the things to come. How many would like God to begin to, or how many, let me, let me change that. How many would like to start hearing God when he speaks to you? Not how, I was going to say, how many would like God to start speaking to you? He's been speaking to you. He's been speaking to you all. He's been speaking to me. He speaks a lot, but we're not listening because we're doubting. There's another place, don't go there, but there's another place that I was reading in Acts where it's in 11 or 12, I think it's 12, when, when uh, Peter has the vision and God tells him, I want you to go and he says, I want you to, to, to be led by the Holy Spirit and I don't want you to doubt. He says, don't doubt me. He says, just do what I say to do. 
If you look back at your life, if you've been saved a little while or a long while, when God has moved in your life and you've seen something supernatural happen, you've been listening to the Holy Spirit. He's been guiding your steps. And sometimes you can't see it right then. But then you look back on your life, you look back on whether it's a month or five months or five years or 50 years on how long you've been saved, and you think, man, God was speaking to me, and by his grace I listened, and by his grace God did something amazing in me, and that's why I'm saying we don't give God enough, Holy Spirit enough credit. Because whenever God tell, someone tells us, man, I see Jesus in you, or I see you know, God using you, or, or whatever they say, our immediate reaction, not religiously, but truthfully, should be, thank you, God, I praise God for that, and Holy Spirit should get the credit. Amen? The Holy Spirit should get the credit. But he's, he's the one that's teaching us the truth. He's the one that's telling us things to come. He's the one, you've, you've had it happen in your life where he said, don't go there. And you didn't go, something happened. Or he said, go there, and you didn't go, and something happened. Let me back that up and say that again. He said, don't go there, and you went, and something bad happened. The Holy Spirit said, go there, and you didn't go, and something good happened. I don't want to miss any of those good ones or bad ones. I want to be able to hear his voice so strong. And I said, it's not a matter of if he's speaking to us. It's not a matter of if he's trying to talk to us. It's a matter of if we're listening. It's a matter of if we're paying attention to what he's saying. Quickly go to the book of Isaiah and hold the New Testament if you want to. We're going to come back to it in a second. But I want to show you a really powerful verse. And as you're getting there, we know that the Holy Spirit starts all the way back in the book of Genesis. We're going to Isaiah chapter 59 and as you're getting there the holy spirit was there in the very beginning of creation as god said let us make man in our image and it actually verse two or three of genesis says that in the beginning when there was nothing made yet the bible says the spirit of god was hovering over the waters so the Holy Spirit's always been around. It, it, I, I've said this before. It's not like God was like, let me, let me make this up as I go along. Let's, let's send down a Messiah. Let's send down a Holy Spirit. And that's always been the plan. It's an amazing plan. Isaiah 59 says, verse 21, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. I talked about covenant Sunday morning. What is covenant again? Fulfilling a promise. Agreeing to something and going through with it. He says, this is my covenant with them. Now watch this. My spirit, and I want to see if you guys catch something here. My spirit who is in you. Ah, amen. Does that sound familiar to anybody? When we talk about the teachings of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we always talk about how important it is that the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them. And here we see way back in the book of, of the Old Testament in Isaiah 59, he says, my spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your descendants nor from the mouth of your descendants descendants says the Lord from this time and forever. Isn't that powerful? 
That's another one of those verses you could send yourself. That's another one of those verses you could write down and read over and over again because it's God's will to speak to us. We don't give him enough credit. We don't pay him enough attention. We're busy going through our, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm just saying it as in a truthful way. We just don't give the Holy Spirit enough room. We don't give him enough attention. We're, we're, we're driving down the road having some problems and we're struggling and we're being attacked by the enemy and we're thinking about bills or we're feeling sick or we're going through all kinds of struggles and we're, 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 we're not even thinking that the Holy Spirit is sitting in the car with us. He's right there. And here we are trying to call somebody. Here we are trying to, 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 to figure out what we're going to do and God's just sitting there just like this in the, cold, in the seat next to us going... Who are you going to call? <laughs> who are you going to call? That's what he's saying. Who are you going to call? Who, how many calls have you just made? But he's silent until you ask him. He's there. He's an ever-present help. But, he, but we don't give him no attention. We, we don't give him no credit. He's right here, the Bible says. He's, he's upon us. He's in us. He's around us. And we're we're just looking everywhere else. Everybody's right there. Can anybody see how this could change your life if you'd really begin to remember he's right there? He's right there all the time. All the time. He's with us. He's, he's wanting to speak to us. He's wanting to give us the answer. Brian said it at the, at the prayer. James 1, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. And so we... We're asking like this, God, Lord, we're all guilty of this. Lord, he's right there. Now, I know it's going to be weird to some people if, if you're driving down the road and you're talking to someone in the car that's, that's not visibly there. You're going to have some people freaking out on you. Amen? I think a lot of these people walk, a lot of people walk around talking to themselves, right? If they're not talking to the Holy Spirit, they're talking to the other one. Amen? Talking to somebody. But God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to give him attention. He wants us to give him credit. And we, we need, I'm speaking to myself on this, because I see when I remember and, and have in my mind that the Holy Spirit's right there, I see God moving more powerfully in my life. Because I'm not depending on my words. I'm not depending on what I can do. I'm depending on the Holy Spirit of God. We forget about that. We think it's a Christmas song, Emmanuel God with us. Now, the first part of God with us was him coming physically to the earth. And, and, and this is interesting because how many know wherever we're at in our lives, we always want to be somewhere else? That's just our human nature. If we live in this generation, we wanted to live in another one. The ones that live in another generation want to live in this one. We just always want what we can't have or what we didn't have. But here we are thinking, and I've had this thought many times over my life. I thought, man, it was so amazing to walk with Jesus. That would have been so amazing to walk with Jesus, to actually see him do the miracles, to actually, you know, we have those thoughts. But the more I've been saved, the more I've realized I'm glad I didn't walk in those times because I find that a whole lot of people didn't believe in him even though they saw the miracles. But here we are today with the finished book. 
with the amen at the end of Revelation, amen, with it all written out, and now we have God the Father and God, and God the Son at the right hand interceding for us, and we have the Holy Spirit right next to us. So I think it's better. They, they, didn't, have, they didn't have the third part yet. So if anybody needs to be jealous, they need to be jealous of us because they didn't have the complete Godhead on the earth. We've now had it. He's walked in the earth. But so the beginning of God with us was him coming down to the earth. But then he says, I need to go. I need to go physically so that I can send the Holy Spirit. And then we know that all the way back from Joel. Think about this. When you really begin to think about these things, it, it should encourage us and strengthen our faith because way before Jesus came on the scene, Joel prophesied, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and here we are living in those days that were prophesied before Jesus even came down from heaven onto the earth so he says let's read this again now maybe with a better understanding as for me says the Lord verse 21 of 59 of Isaiah this is my covenant meaning I don't break this I don't break promises I cannot lie this is my covenant that my spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth, that ought to get you excited right there, his spirit's upon me, his words are in my mouth, that which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, and that goes to the 50 millionth power, amen, says the Lord from time, from this time and forevermore that powerful that the holy spirit would fall on us and it would be on our kids and our kids kids and we saw that as the promise that peter said he said he said this is for you and your your kids and your kids kids and all who are afar off in acts chapter 2 he says it's for everybody and we have people today who are not walking in the fullness that god has for us to walk in now go back to the new testament to first corinthians Chapter 2. Because we're going to ask the question, if he's here and he's real and his power is real and, and he wants to speak to us and he wants to talk to us and he wants to move through us, our question is going to be, why doesn't he do it more? That's what our question is going to be as human beings. And I'd like to answer that question. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. there let me read something i'm going to answer i'm going to answer that answer that question because it's what we'll do is we'll say god first of all i need you to help me with my unbelief as some said in the bible help me with my unbelief remind me and listen if you'll ask he'll do remind me when i'm in those tight situations that i don't have to run to the sanctuary or run to the cell phone you're right here you're right here with me right now now let's look at this first corinthians Chapter 2, verse 10. Actually, I want to start in, let's start in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for, they had, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. 
But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to them, how? To us through his spirit. For the spirit searches, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of man? Now watch this. What man knows the thing of, things of man except the spirit of the man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except what? The spirit of God. So you say, how can I know what God has for me? How can I know what God wants for me? How can I know God? And he's going to give us the answer here. He says, these things, sorry, he says, now we have received, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. Now, some of these verses tonight are, are verses that ought to just shake our soul in excitement I don't, I don't, I'm not looking for an outward reaction I don't care if you shout or scream I don't, I'm not worried about that they, but inside they should shake us that God would say that he would let us know freely the things that we should know and that they'd be given to us freely by God that God the Almighty would speak to me is crazy that'll make me excited And he says, these things we also speak, pay attention, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Don't lose me here, but the natural man, this goes back to if I walk in the Spirit, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now stop for a second and think back to before you got saved and how different your mind was then to how your mind is now. Now you sit here in a service, reading the Bible, having a praise and worship service, praying to God, being in church, getting out of work, coming from work, not being at work, getting to church, all these things we do, and our mind frame's totally different, and, and we're like, I'm supposed to be here, and this is amazing, and I'm in the presence of God, and all these things, but you think, if you could think back to the person you were before you met Jesus, this is all foolishness. This is crazy. Because the Spirit of God was not in you yet. So that's why the the spiritual light bulb comes on sometimes. And we think, why did I not do this before? Because the Spirit was drawing you, but your flesh was denying. The Bible says no one can come unto God unless the Spirit draws them. And that's the God drawing. But listen, no one can be saved unless we say yes. That's free will. We're not drawn, like I said, when, when Jesus a few weeks ago called the disciples to follow him like zombies. He, they didn't just, you know, like zombies follow him. They chose to follow him. And so he draws us by his Holy Spirit, and then we say yes. Yes, Lord, or no. That's why John 3, 16, 17 and 18 says, if we have denied the Lord, we're condemned already. Right? But if we believe in Jesus Christ, we're what? Saved. 
So finish this with me. He says, the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're only spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Not spiritual in the sense of yoga and, and all the stuff that people think is spiritual. No, spiritual meaning being filled with the Spirit. Spiritual meaning being in the Spirit. Allowing the Spirit of God to move. We can't say, we cannot say, oh, well, the, we're all worshiping the same God. There's not 50,000 spirits, there's one. There's not 50,000 gods, there's one. There's not 50,000 saviors, there's one. There's not 50,000 ways to get to heaven, there's one. So when we're talking about being spiritual, it's spiritually discerning and understanding who's spiritual, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. No one can judge me but God. Yep. And that ought to scare you. But when you're walking in the Spirit and the Spirit of God is in you, you don't have to fear that because you're not worried about the world judging you. You're worried about, worried about God judging you. When your spirit's right with God, you're, you don't have to worry about anybody else. You're saying, God, test me, search me, know me, tell me what I need to change so I can be right with you. And it says there that no, no one judged by no one. And the last thing is, for, he, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And he says, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Amen? We don't have the mind of the world. We don't have the mind of Hare Krishna. We don't have the mind of Buddha. We have the mind of Christ. So we don't have the mind of a dead person. We have the mind of a living person, a living God. I don't want to have the mind of Blake. I don't want to have the mind of Paul or mind of Destiny or Carla or Robert. I want to have the mind of a living God, Jesus, who's already gone to death and came back. Amen. I don't want the mind of any other God because they are all dead. If they ever got any praise on this earth, they're dead. But we have the mind of Christ who's alive. Last thing I want you to see is in Ephesians chapter 4. What's the one thing that can cause us? I would say two actually. Two things can cause us to not have the Holy Spirit moving in our lives like we want it to. One is what I just said in the beginning. We don't give him attention. And we don't give him credit. So we don't allow him. Okay, so that's us. Us not allowing. Just, just by, not by sin. Not by, not by, not by uh, rebellion. Not by anger. Just, just too busy. Not in good enough relationship. Not being conscious of it. Not, not saying, Lord, I remember, I remind myself you're right here because that's what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things what? hoped for so when i pray to god that i can't see right here it's not like me being some cuckoo guy saying god's right here next to me and talking to some, it's god's right here next to me because the bible says he is his spirit is right here with me amen jesus lives in me his spirit is right here with me he's upon me he's around me and i need to give him attention and i need to give him credit but if i'm not doing that he, it's not that he's not there, but he's not going to manifest in my life the way I want him to because he's a gentleman. The more you've been saved, the more you've searched the scriptures, you're going to see he does not force himself on anybody. He's a gentleman. He's a perfect gentleman.
perfect. It, the best definition you could possibly have in your, in your life of what a gentleman is, he is better. He's a gentleman. But when you invite him in, he takes over. And he gives you boldness. And he does all those crazy, mighty, powerful things in your life. But he doesn't do it unless you want him to. So if you're not thinking about him, if you're not giving him place, if you're not giving him space, he's not going to move, even though he wants to. So that's one reason and one way that you cannot have the spirit moving. The other is, is in Ephesians chapter 4, if you look at this, real clear, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You quench, is another word, the Holy Spirit. You quench it. You, in our terms, hurt his feelings. In our terms, you offend him. In our terms, you make him, not, I wouldn't say make him mad. You, you hurt, I guess hurt's the best way. Quench. Grieve. Cause him to, to be hurt. Watch this, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve. Now, also in Thessalonians, you're going to see the verse that says, don't quench the Spirit. So you'll see it twice. But he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, you, 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 your question would be, in our minds would be, well, what, what can I do to quench the Spirit? What can I do to grieve the Spirit? And the, the one answer was already there. Let no corrupt words come out of your mouth. Okay? So this is a place. If I can see, and this is something we have to do examination on ourselves with, okay? I, I can't tell you, hey, the Spirit of God's not moving because of that. No, you got to examine yourself. But if you're not feeling the Spirit of God moving, we're seeing right here clearly the way to grieve the Holy Spirit is when corrupt words come out of our mouth. Okay, that can, be, that can be cussing, that could be gossip, that could be slander, that could be, uh, the Bible calls uh, joking about things that are, that are not right, uh, all kinds of different things there. But he's saying, I'm just showing you what the scriptures say, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Because we know the Bible says in James that salt and fresh water cannot come out of the same spout. So basically God's saying, I cannot, I can't speak blessing through your life and I can't use your mouth and use your life to, to, to do great things for me when out of that same mouth you're gossiping or you're slandering or you're cussing or you're cursing or you're hating or he says, I can't do that. He says, that grieves my spirit. That grieves the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's paralyzed and cannot move. And I can't, I'm the only one that can control that. I can't control that for you, and you can't control that for me. I'm the only one that can control that. And so it, it, it comes back to me to say, if I want the anointing of God to be upon my life, and I want the power of God to move in my life, I have to control what comes out of my mouth. Okay, this is what the Bible says. Y'all are looking at this, right? Then he says, here's some other things. Let bitterness and wrath and anger. Listen, this is a different chapter, different verses of the fruits of, of the of the works of the flesh these are things he's saying grieves the holy spirit bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another 
tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen? Musicians, you can come. So, as we talk about the Holy Spirit being there, we're saying God is evident. He's, he's here. And we say, when we say welcome Holy Spirit, it's not because he has to come down from heaven to be with us. It's because we're saying welcome into my life, welcome around me, welcome to, to my world, and please be, be number one here. We're not saying welcome into the building because he's here. When we're gathering in his name, he's here. He's here. As, as Psalms 46 says, he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's here. Okay? How many see that? He's here, and he wants to be here. But we can cause him to not move in our lives like we want him to by those two reasons. And they're not condemning reasons. They're just biblical reasons. One is that I can be cursing, I can be gossiping, I can be bitter, I can have wrath, I can, I can, uh, and actually it's funny because I got ahead of myself, down further in chapter 5, it actually talks about that foolish talking, coarse jesting, thing, things that are, things that would, would, I would say or do around somebody else, I would never say around God. Right? We act a different way or talk a different way when we're around. You know, we, and we all do that. We all have to be honest. We, we, we all do that to an extent. We kind of carry ourselves different, you know, not on purpose. Things will slip. Things will come out. But the general idea is that my life would not be a lie. That I would be living what I'm saying I live. How many understand that? That's when, when the Holy Spirit's the most evident in your life. Is, is that yes we're going to make mistakes and yes we're going to have times where we, we in certain ways become chameleons and we begin to act sometimes the way we should but the whole idea is God you know some people ask should I watch this should I do this should I we always need to say could the Holy Spirit sit here and it's not the could he is <laughs> he is there but he's grieved he's grieved and that's what we don't want because we want to give him attention. Amen. We want to give him credit. I give you credit, Holy Spirit, because the way you're moving in my life is because you're speaking to me and I'm allowing you to speak to me. I'm giving you place in my life. How many how many got something tonight? How many grab that? Maybe it's going to be something you have to chew on for a while. Amen. And meditate on it, pray about it, and it's not going to be like a one-night answer, but I just really believe the Lord's showing us that he wants to be with us more than he is. He wants to be more evident in our lives. And it just comes down to making sure that we're being conscious that he's there. And we're not going to leave here tonight and, and then say, hey, see you see Sunday, Holy Spirit. He's going to go with us. He's going to be with us when we go to sleep tonight. He's going to be there when we wake up. But we have to be conscious of that. You know, there's an old saying, out of sight, out of mind. That can happen to us with God. That, you know, when you, when you get around, how many have people you just love to be with, okay? And when you're around them, you have the greatest time, and you want to be with them all the time, and you just have a fun time, but then 
you could, you could be with them for a week straight. Family comes to visit or whatever. You know, it's like when we go to conference or whatever. You're just, you're just having a great old time. I, I was sitting there praying tonight. I was thinking, I got to, you know, meet the, meet the new family, the new couple, the new pastors, get to know them well. We had a great time together. Found a lot of things we had in common. Had a great time. But I have to be conscious now that I'm back here to not pray for them. To make sure I don't forget to pray for them. Because out of sight, out of mind, I'm not going to dinner with them every night. I'm not hanging out with them during the day. I'm not at their church service. But they're still there. They're still in Brighton doing the same thing we're doing here. But i got to be conscious of that. And that's the same thing that can happen with the Holy Spirit. We can leave and we go get busy tomorrow with work and school and life and forget He's right there, out of sight, out of mind. And then we come back into service and we're reminded, oh yeah, Holy Spirit, you've been with me all week. Sorry I haven't talked to you. That's what we don't want. That's where the relationship comes in. It's to be conscious, not a spirit conscious, but conscious that the Spirit's there. And say, Lord, I want to give you credit and I want to give you attention so that you can move in my life. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word and Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here to touch us, to transform us, to mold us, to convict us, to heal us, to deliver us, to change us, to give us what we need to be the overcomers that we want to be. Lord, as we as we go this week in outreach, talk about Jesus, pass out cards, share our faith, live our life, we need you to be there. We need you to be evident. 